If you guys have been listening to Ask Women for a while, you probably know my voice associated with some cynicism, maybe some jokes you're not a fan of, or maybe you are a fan of because you've got great taste. Well, either way, I've come a long way from that cynical gal, and I'm doing amazing things helping guys get their banter and conversation skills on track, as well as making those dating profiles look not so terrible. Or dare I say good? No, dare I say great. I get them looking great. And I've been doing it long enough now that I'm seeing actual results coming in from guys that I've worked with. Like, you know, for example, engagements, things like that. I have to say, I feel pretty good about my skills. And those dudes do too. So if you want to be smooth and witty in conversation or smooth and witty in your profile, you know who to come and see. And that's me, Kristen. And I'm at kristenandchill.com. All of my stuff is up there if you guys want to hit me up and uh, get my help. So again, kristenandchill.com. Charm more than just her socks off. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Woman podcast, we have Danny DeNovo on the show, and she is going to dive into a ton of topics, but the core topic that we dissect and overanalyze is dating a woman who is divorced and has a child. She gives her honest perspective on what it's like to be a single mom dating, a divorced woman dating, and just a woman in general dating. She talks about mistakes men make, great things that they've done and what has worked on her. So keep listening. Hey guys, welcome to the Ask Women podcast. It is Marnie. Kristen is not here once again. She is slacking off as usual, but I have somebody fantastic. So it won't matter if Kristen is here or not. I have Danny DeNovo on the line with me right now. Danny is awesome. I did her podcast like two months ago. I totally forget how long it yeah, was now. Yeah, but the I, summer. Yeah, and it was great. And I, I felt like we really connected. So I invited her to be on the show. But she is going to talk to us about divorce from the female perspective. Because I, I want anybody who's out there who is dating women who are divorced or potentially dating a woman who is divorced to hear it from... Danny's mouth, how she's been <laughs> navigating this world and maybe how she dates a little bit differently now that she's divorced versus, you know, before when she was not divorced. <laughs> that was like the worst <laughs> intro ever. But that's that's what I want to talk about with you, Danny. So I'd love for you to also give a little bit of an intro as to who you are and why guys should listen to you. And then, I'd, yeah, I'd love to hear what you, what your journey has been post-divorce on getting back out there. <laughs> For sure. Well, thank you. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm sorry that I missed Kristen, but I am very excited to be here with you, Marnie. Eh, she again. sucks anyway. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> and, uh, and and I'm happy to be here with all of your listeners. So just yes, briefly, my name is Danny DeNovo. I am a podcaster. I'm an author and I'm an I'm a success coach who focuses on sort of the idea of changing the story that you tell yourself every day into the story of who you really want to become. So sort of letting go of those old ideas about yourself that no longer serve you or support your goals and reframing your mind to 
get those goals, right? And for the record, I was not dating while I was married. (laughs) That's clear before we go further. I I was was like, I'm not really sure how to phrase this, but you know, like I was going to say when you were single, but anyway, before you had been married and had been married and didn't have the divorce label attacked. I I just wanted to, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is an episode about how to cheat on your husband. So keep listening. That's what I would say. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so thank you for that <laughs> intro. I, I love everything that you do. And I know that the advice that you share with your own clients is going to work its way into this episode, especially around the topic that we're talking about. Because I know so many people have a, a, you know, a self-labeled, self-given stigma for themselves yeah. when they have the We're label really of yeah, divorce or, or anything else that they, they may not deem as attractive to other people. And I, I'd love for you to just talk about that because I'm sure that that was a part of your process as well. Oh, it was a huge part of my process. I mean, that was the process. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of hard for me to, to give you too much without giving a little bit of background. So I'm, I was the kind of person who... I had gotten into this cycle of pattern where I kind of did everything that I thought I was supposed to do. I got married. I got a job. I'm a lawyer, actually. I was working as a lawyer, doing all the things that I thought you were supposed to do, having that typical job. I was making you know, decent money, but I was still kind of feeling the heat at the end of the month, still paying bills, and I couldn't really figure out why. And... Um, I would just, you know, go in, do my work, not really feel super fulfilled, but figured this is what I was supposed to do. And then I had my daughter four years ago. And uh, I tell this story a lot, but I was in my kitchen and uh, I was making dinner and she was, you know, close to a year old, maybe. And she had some pots and pans she was playing with. And I saw her start to mimic me. So she, t- she picked up a pot and she was pretending to stir in the pot like I was. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Because it was the first time she kind of really did anything like that. And I was like, wow, she's mimicking me. And then I just had this wave of sickness hit me. I mean, I almost threw up. And finally occurred to me that my daughter was literally watching everything I was doing and doing everything that I was doing. And I knew that I wasn't happy. And I made the decision right then and there that I had to change my mindset. I had to become happy because I had to show my daughter how to be happy and how to go after her dreams and how to live the life that she wanted. You're amazing. Yeah. I didn't want to be that hypocrite that said, you know, do this, but I couldn't do it for myself. And I certainly couldn't teach her how to do it if I didn't know how. So my life changed very, very quickly. I got into the coaching industry and started studying these kinds of happiness ideas every single day. And, uh, there's really no other way to explain it other than, you know, my husband at the time just wasn't on the same track as I was and we ended up parting ways. So I went from someone who did everything kind of by the book and then everything just, you know, almost overnight did a 180 degree turn on me. And there I was. So yeah, so the process of changing from who I was into who I am had a lot to do obviously with getting back out there too, because I had seen myself as a wife. I had seen myself as a particular kind of wife for so long. And then to go out there and look for the kind of guy that I wanted to attract, I knew that I had to change my mindset about that as well. Yeah. So yeah, so there's, you know, obviously a lot just in that. And I don't know if you want to stop me and and chime in or if you just want to let me. Oh, Oh, I wanted you to go on. I love what you're, I love what you're saying. Yeah. Because those are, those are huge things right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was that kind of person, again, I was kind of almost afraid of my own shadow. I didn't want to rock the boat. 
I thought that if I was quiet and kind of just put my head down and did what I was supposed to do, that people would like me. And uh, really all it did was erode a lot of self-confidence. And so that was one area that I made the decision to tackle was to be more self-confidence and to really start taking a look at the things that I liked about myself instead of the things that I didn't like about myself. And then once you start putting that story into place, when you start sort of believing that there's a possibility of change there, you start seeing little pieces of evidence pop up that you might be on to something, right? So I started my podcast yeah, well, and that kind of... Now I am now I am going to interrupt a little okay, bit. So ahead. I know that you said everything did a 180, but what was what was one of the first things that you did to start growing that confidence because as you just said it's like you know putting that first step forward helps you realize you can put the other step forward too. Yeah, right. So for a lot of people who are out there they're like, "Ah, how do I get from A to Z and this is so big so I'm not going to do right. it." So what what was your well, first I'll step? Well, I'll tell you when you when you've made the decision, I I believe that the universe sort of helps you along your way. It will shove you in directions if it thinks you're ready, yeah. right? So I my my marriage was kind of falling apart. I had we were going through divorce proceedings and I went to go spend a week with a mentor of mine just to kind of get my mind off of everything. And while I was there studying with him, I got the phone call that my the company that I was working for had been acquired and that I was going to lose my job. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> So I was like, okay, well, I guess this is the time to make a move, right? I mean, I'm pretty much cleaning house all the way around. Right. So uh, I kind of just jumpstart my my coaching career right from that point without really having a, a great plan in place because it was sort of unexpected. But it, it forced me to make that leap. And, and once yeah. I did that and I kind of landed on my feet, sort of, I had a little bit more confidence. So I tried some different things. So, so then, yeah, I tried the podcast. And the, the way I got into that was just someone said to me, they had seen some some stuff that I had written. And uh, they said, oh, your stuff's really good. You should do a podcast. And I said, oh, that's cool. I'm going to do a podcast. What's a podcast? And so, right. <laughs> yeah. So I just kind of, you know, figured that what out as I went. podcast thing you speak about? Yeah. And then uh, I wrote a book and I hit Amazon bestseller the day that I launched it. And then I hit international bestseller the day after. And uh, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, right. So just all these little things started coming into place. But what I really noticed is people were saying to me, wow, you look so happy. You, and, you know, I lost weight. And I just, I think I just sort of had that, that vibration coming off of me that I was in a good yeah. place and that was attracting more good people into my life. And I started meeting people I never thought I would meet. Like I said, I stayed in my lane and I kept my head down. But all of a sudden, when you look up, there's so many cool people out there that you didn't even yeah. realize were around. And now they were part of my life. And uh, I can say that I went from someone who was incredibly miserable, who pretty much did not want to get up and do the day-to-day to, to someone. I mean, I've never been happier in my life. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it it is. I'm sorry that I don't have more to add to that. But like, it, that's just absolutely yeah, amazing. Yeah, no. <laughs> When you're in that spot, and I've been there, trust me, you know, you you might hear a story like this as I listen to other people's stories and say, yeah, well, that's great for you, but what about me? And I can tell you, look, right. if, if I can do it, you can do it too. And uh, it may take some time and it may take a little willpower and it may take a little change in the way you think. But if you stick with it, if you find that goal that you're so obsessed with, that you're so passionate about, that you have to hit it, You'll make the changes you need to. And if that includes, you know, finding a relationship, finding a spouse, 
finding someone to have children with, if that's what you really want, if that's what you're after, then you'll do what you need to, to make it happen. Yeah, 100%. I completely agree with that. The, the the thing is, is like same thing in business or same thing about starting a podcast or same thing about writing a book. Like, yes, you can definitely go for it, but there yeah. are certain skill sets that yes. you have to acquire. There are certain skill sets that you, you have to fine tune for yourself. And so that's what, what I try to provide people with on this, this podcast. And so right. I would love for people to hear a little bit more, to go back to the divorce thing, about sure. like you dating after a divorce. <laughs> you are in this confident headspace and kicking ass. So you're, you're two things. You're somebody who is divorced and dating again. So getting out into a world you haven't been in in a long time. And you're somebody who's on cloud nine, super successful and feeling really great about yourself. And so, you know, that can be intimidating for a lot of guys as well. So yeah. I, I want to know how you, you tackled those two things in the dating space. And how and how it had an impact on men? Yeah, sorry, I, I, like you're very yeah, good. You don't know how to talk, so you just tell me. I have some interesting stories, right? So I didn't really, I didn't do anything for about a year after my divorce. I was just, I was in a great space, sort of with myself, but I was pretty shell shocked over everything. So I wasn't really sure how I felt about things, and I figured I'm just going to take some time to really focus on myself and my daughter. And then when I was like, okay, it's time to get out there. And um, I had been married for 12 years. We we were together for 14. And so I said to a friend of mine at the gym who is... She's younger than me. She's a millennial. I said to her, okay, I have to get back out there. How do I get back out there? So uh, you know, now I'm introduced officially to apps like Tinder and Bumble and things of that nature, which I had heard about in folklore, (laughs) but had not actually ever used. So I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And I jumped on and I, and I tried it out. And um, what I said from the get-go was, is I set certain rules for myself, right? And that was that I was going to have fun with it. That I was, you know, I was going to keep myself, that image of myself in line, no matter what happened. And I was just, I was going to have fun with it. And I was going to enjoy meeting people. And uh, I was just going to, you know, take it in the present moment and see what happened. I found out some really interesting things I think about myself and about men in general, at least who are out there dating where I'm dating and had some funny stories. But uh, yeah, I think... So So I'll give you the story, right? When I started my profile, obviously I had my pictures up and it has you know the area where you live, of course. And then there's usually a space for you to kind of put in what you do for a living. So I think I had put coach or success coach. I didn't really elaborate. And didn't really think too much of it because, you know, what do I know? <laughs> so so I get this right. call one day from a gentleman who says that he wanted to talk to me about my coaching services. And I said, that's great, you know, and we found a time to meet or whatever. We sat down and I started asking him some questions and he is, he had been recently divorced too. And he was just kind of going on and on about, you know, what was going on. And, and so I started asking him, well, what do you want? Like, what, what do you want? Because you need to tell me what you want so I can show you how to get it. And uh, he just kind of got this weird look on his face. And he looked across the table at me and said, well, to be you know completely honest, I saw your profile on Bumble. And when you didn't swipe on me, I Googled you. And so I found you. And this is wow. how I... What's basically the means I used to meet you. <laughs> 
Yeah. Right. And I was like, did you like that? Um, okay. So that was like a little bit weird at first. Um, that, that coaching relationship ultimately did not work out. It was a little bit weird. So after that, I didn't put the tight, my title anywhere. And it seemed to have, I didn't have that issue again. Oh, he wasn't, he wasn't, he's reaching out to you for coaching. Yes, he, he posed as, as like a potential a client, because you but then okay. flipped the script on me uh. when we met in person and really just wanted uh. to date me, I guess, or go out on a date. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. really know what he was. We didn't really get that far down the road. So, so right. that was a little, okay. That's yeah, interesting. That was a little weird. Well, can we dissect that for yeah. one second? So so I, I talk about this all the time where in the past, I, while I was starting my company, I had to have a job to yeah. stay here in the United States. And <laughs> I was working, I was doing marketing for a financial firm. Okay. And my job was really just to go out and network and like meet people and then book lunches and dinners yeah. for my boss. It was very, very nice. Uh, <laughs> it was a great <laughs> job, got me very comfortable around Los Angeles and I had wonderful meals. But a lot of the times the guys that I would be interacting with, they would lead with business Mm -hmm. and then quickly I found out that whatever we were doing was not really for business or like that they would dangle things over my head like oh yeah I can introduce you to this person but it was really just another way for us to spend more time together and and I don't really know if I have a strong opinion on whether this is good or bad but I'd love to hear your opinion on what how you felt when that guy did that and maybe how well let's hear what you have to say first before I before I say how he could have done it better because maybe he did do it well. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I give him points for bravery because that, that was I, I think that was ballsy on his part. Yeah. Uh, listen, Marty, I'll say this. There there have been two times in my life when I've I've been sort of swarmed by men. My father died when I was pretty young, and after his death, I, I noticed a lot of his business associates started coming around asking me inappropriate questions. And and that's really yeah. And that really threw me off because obviously I just lost my father. I was young. I kind of took over my dad's business. And um people that I had kind of looked up to and trusted, all of a sudden it became obvious what their intentions were with me, you know, through I mean through like my teenage years, which really turned me off and kind of gave me a bad feeling about dealing with men in business from the get-go. That was something that I had to change as I grew older. The second time when that happened is when I got divorced. And again, it was with colleagues in law. And I, again, I felt thrown off, right? It, it's just, it's a lot of attention all of a sudden. It's people who you never thought had any interest and all of a sudden are sort of banging down your door. And I kind of felt that same thing in my gut when this guy approached me this way. You know, like it was, Yeah, I was expecting one thing and it came out in another way. I mean, it's different when you're just sort of sitting at a bar and some guy comes up to you and starts talking, right? Because it's an environment where you kind of, you maybe expect something like that. But when you're, when you're there thinking that you're going to, you know, provide service and help an individual and then they kind of come at you with that, it's, you know, it felt a little, a little deceptive. Okay. And so how how could he have done it better? Well, I mean, if he had if he'd taken the time to Google me, he obviously had my contact information. Right. He could have reached out through the means that, you know, I, I don't remember if he emailed me or if he got in touch with me over social media, but he could have very easily said, I noticed your profile on Bumble and it doesn't look like we're connecting there, but you seem like an interesting person. I just want to see if you wanted to get coffee sometime. Okay, so taking it as a second step, like you may have swiped 
left on me, but let's take another crack at this because now you know I'm a really driven go-getter that can use the internet and find you. <laughs> Do you want to go yeah. out? You, you think you would respond? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it was that deception that at first he was playing around with the idea of coaching with you and then flip the switch. Right. Okay. Right. And, so, it was yeah. almost, and I agree. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was almost like I, I felt a little demeaned because, you know, he he put it out there like he needed help and that he was coming to me as an expert, but he really, you know, just wanted to thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I completely so, understand. Okay. So that was like one of your first situations with the Tinder <laughs> and you were not that happy with it, right? obviously. Yes. Well, yeah, I wasn't super excited about that. I mean, I kind of looked at it as sort of a double fail because I had just started online dating, but also still knew kind of the coaching business. So I I saw it as like a weird dating thing slash lost a client today. So it wasn't my best moment. Exactly. It was like a double Um, whammy. So from that point, you you took off there what you did. You didn't say... Yeah. I didn't say anything. And I did have some men reach out and say, why don't you put more stuff on your profile? Right. And I said, well, you can certainly ask me any questions you'd like to now, but very few seemed put off by it. So I, okay. I, you know, I don't know if it was the right call or not after that, but it seemed, it, it didn't seem to hinder the potential to speak to men, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Well, so do you, so actually I will ask that question that, that these men asked you, why, why do you have, I don't know what your profile looks like or what it looks like. Why did you have so little. Is it because you were worried that the more you put on, or actually you tell me, what, why did you not have more on there? Because I think that I, I wanted to see if, I didn't want the same thing to happen again, number one. And I think number two is I just wanted to kind of see where things went. Sort of the, you know, the typical progression, if you will, of online. I live in an area that's, it's a city, but it's, it's kind of like it has a small town feel. And so right. sooner or later, you're going to bump into somebody who knows somebody and who knows you're online dating. And I think I just kind of wanted to to delay that inevitability as long as I possibly could and get to know the person just as the person and not because, oh, you know so-and-so or you work with so-and-so, that kind of a thing. Right. Do you think that that's something different in you because you're older, you've been divorced and you have a child that do you think that you go about it differently? Like, do you think that your younger unmarried self may have posted differently in the past? Like like you would have shared everything? Yeah. No, no, I wouldn't have, (laughs) I wouldn't have shared anything. I I was so (laughs) private. Yeah. I was so private. And like I said, I was afraid of my own shadow. I, if if social media had been as big as it was in my twenties, I, I would I didn't, I mean, I didn't have a Facebook account until after I got divorced. So I, yeah, I did not, I was not a sharer. I was not somebody out in the public eye. I did not just randomly strike up conversations with individuals. And obviously I knew all of that had to change if I was going to be successful in my business, successful of my podcast, and just successful in dating in general. Yeah. So it was a lot of forcing myself to talk. Although I found once I started going on dates that I didn't have to do nearly as much talking as I thought it would have to. Yeah. <laughs> because the men were more than eager to, you know, talk a lot. So Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So t- so tell me about like the progression for you online. And maybe if you I know that you it's like you were two different people, which you are, you know, before marriage and after yeah. marriage. But sure. can you tell me maybe like how you do go about it? 
because you are divorced and because you do have a child like so so for the for the guys that are listening sometimes when yeah. a woman does say yeah. that yes i'm a single mom and i have a child and maybe she's not as available or as responsive like can you maybe tell me a few things that you may do that men may read as oh she's ignoring me versus you just having other priorities but still interested like you you know where i'm going at with this i want to give them guidance yeah. For, from yeah the point of view of somebody who does have those things going on in their life Right. So, I mean, I'm at this point, when I went on my podcast, I, I again made the decision that I was going to be an open book. I was going to lay it all on the line. And so I, I have no secrets, right? So they can ask any question they want and I'm, I'm going to give them a pretty straight answer. And, you know, I am a single mom. Obviously, my daughter is important to me as any child would be to a mother. And yeah, so I mean, I put that out there right away. Now, generally, if we've gotten to a face-to-face date, they, they're generally okay with me being a single parent, so they say, via the text messages and everything else. So right. it's not like a surprise when we get there face-to-face. Where I've seen issues is that men say they're okay with it when they're really not. Okay. Or they want to be okay with it, but they find themselves in a position where they're, they're not. Can you, can you talk uh, and, about and that a bit more? Because they've never... Because I want to understand yeah, sure. what that looks like. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean, obviously the guys who lie, it comes out pretty quickly, right? Because all I have to do is talk about my daughter or say that I couldn't do something because I had my daughter that evening or whatever, and I would get a not so nice response. And not necessarily a mean response, but you know, you could tell that they their feelings were hurt in some way or they just weren't going to play around with that any further. The guys who... Well, sorry. Actually, I want to ask one, one question. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that is them seeing it as a blow-off and not fully understanding? Or it's them not being okay with the fact that you have other priorities? I think both. It's so hard because it's so dependent on the individual, right? I think some men very much want the woman in their life to be dedicated to them. And it's hard if that male individual has never had a child of his own to understand what goes into being a parent. And so I think that happens a lot right. with the guys who thought they would be okay. Like In theory, me being a mom was cool until they kind of had to deal with the fact that I had to be a mom. And my daughter's young, so she needs me a lot more than, you know, a teenager would or even a kid in middle school. So, so they would right. start off trying to be supportive in, of me in that role, but then things would happen and you could start seeing that they weren't really all that supportive or they would do things like. Well, so explain some things yeah. that would happen. And like, cause I, I want to, I want to concrete example, like drill this yeah. down. So like, I want to, I want to paint a picture. Yeah. Of like what it looks like when you yeah. still like the guy, but you have other things to do because there's, I've had so many people write into me where they're like, I'm dating this woman, but like, you know, things come up with her daughter every single week or any time. And like, I want to be supportive. I want to be there. I want to make it easy on her, but I'm, I'm not really sure what my yeah. role is. Like how, like, and then when do I give up? <laughs> when is it just, she's, she doesn't have time for yeah. me and she doesn't like me enough. So I'd love to dissect this as much as possible. Okay. So this is a tough one, but. And it's tough. So I'm, yeah. I'm asking a lot of you. Yeah. So. No, no, no. I'll so do my best. I know I'll that. Do my best. I want you to know that I know that. For all of the guys out there, I will do my best. Well, actually, you know what? Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, you're going to okay. dive into this. So we'll be back in just a minute. How do you sleep at night? 
No, not in the sense of like you're a bad person, but how do you sleep at night? As someone who sleeps all the time, you guys may know that I am a huge sleeper. I wake up sore. Actually, to be honest with you, I just woke up and I'm sore in my neck and in my back. I have super bad sciatica and I'm sleeping on a cheap mattress that I'm trying to make more comfortable with one of those egg crate things. And it is not cutting it. Getting a bad night's sleep is way too common, but not anymore because there's a new mattress out there called Purple. Purple mattresses are totally different from anything that you've ever slept on because it's both firm and soft at the same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable at the exact same time. You are going to love Purple. And right now, our listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great deals they're already offering site-wide. Just text ASKWOMEN to 84888. The only way to get this free pillow is to text ASKWOMEN to 84888. That's one word, A-S-K-W-O-M-E-N to 8488. Message data rates may apply. All right, we're back. We gave Danny some time. She's going to dive into this so that you can understand exactly what it's like on the female end of this and what it looks like when a single woman has other priorities but is still into you. And I also, if you can touch on whether or not you can actually feel as much for somebody new when you have a child. Whether, okay, so I know that that's, that's right. again, a difficult question, but I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Okay, well, I mean, you're a mother, so you understand, but even even men who are fathers, I don't think quite understand moms being a mother. Yeah. There's something that happens to you when those mommy hormones take hold and they never go away. <laughs> no. And uh, there's just, you know, there's just this ridiculous attraction to your child. And I'm not saying that other people in my life are not important, but my daughter's wants and needs are going to come before anyone else's, including my own. So mm-hmm. I think that that includes me going out and having a good time sometimes, right? Because if there's something going on with my daughter, if she's ill, or if I, I have my daughter half time, if there's a reason why you know her father can't have her one evening and I get a bonus evening with her, I'm going to jump at that chance to be with her. So I think men may see that as me blowing them off, which is not my intention at all. I don't think it's any mother's intention other than we just have this this physical need to be close to our children and to be a mother to them. It's it's biologically hardwired. We can't get rid of it, even if we want to. And then even when we allow ourselves that time sometimes to go out and enjoy ourselves, we have the mommy guilt that sort of haunts us, right? So I would say that if a woman is making time to be with you, even if it seems like it's not as much time as you would like, but she is taking time away from her children and from other things in her life to make time for you, the chances are she's probably into you because it takes a lot of juggling for a working single mother who has other responsibilities, probably other family responsibilities, other things that she likes to do or would want to do. It takes a lot for her to give up those things to come and spend time with you. But that means that that's where she wants to be. However, I think what happens with some women is that when we when we finally take ourselves out of all of those responsibilities and put ourselves in that social atmosphere with a guy that we like, 
we probably end up talking a lot about the other things that we're not doing, like being a mom or working or whatever else. And so I could see how that would be interpreted by a guy as she doesn't really want to be here. She wants to be doing other stuff, right? So I think what it comes down to is just really good communication between the two people dating, which at the beginning I know was really hard. But I think it gets harder the longer you go without good communication than if you just kind of start fresh and clean and honest from the get-go. Right. So from that, I kind of heard that if you don't make that time, that you don't Mm -hmm. really like them enough. That's kind of what I heard you saying. So if if a single mother is not kind of finding ways to fit you into her life. And it's difficult to just say, oh, come over right. after my kid falls asleep. Like if her kid's like 10 years old, he's not going to go to bed until she, she's in bed. Yeah. And so yeah. it's, it's challenging to right. do that. So what, so like, is that is that what I heard you saying? But I also hear that there's challenges. Yeah, there. I think so. I mean, if she's, if she's showing up in the times that she wants to see you and she's legitimately wanting to do things with you, then yeah, I think she's interested. I mean, this is how I feel anyway. I mean, there there are times when I've gone out with men where I've I've had to sacrifice a lot to go and be with them, right? Mm-hmm. And I try to be very much present with them when I am. I know some people aren't always very good at that. But it was also in the sort of, you know, when I got back in the car to leave at the end of the date, I realized everything that I had to do to catch up. And so to me, that was always sort of the light bulb that would go off that would clue me in that I was interested in this guy. If I started doing things like skipping time with other friends or not going to the gym that day because it came down to, well, do I go to the gym or do I go out with this guy? Or not doing things that I needed to do that evening to prepare for the next day. And so the next day was total chaos. As a woman, I think when you start doing those things, it's obvious to yourself that you're interested in the guy. Now, the guy doesn't get to see what is being pushed aside or that your house is a mess or that you haven't done laundry in two weeks or that he doesn't know that you didn't go to the gym that day or whatever else. He, so I, I think, again, that's where the communication comes in, right? That you, if someone understands how busy you are and yet they're still carving time out of their day specifically for you, then there's a reason for it. But if they're if they are doing stuff like just saying come over whenever and you're the one always going to their home and it's only on certain you know weekdays and so it screws up your schedule and they're not working with you and you know having things to do that are fun for you as well i mean if if it's all about them then they're probably really not all that interested it might just be a safety blanket kind of thing or it's someone to call when they're lonely. I, I don't really know what the reason would be. Again, it depends on the individual, but... So you're, you're saying that even with a child, you would still find time to make time, yes. even if it was extremely challenging. Okay, so yeah. that so guys who are getting that blow off continuously, it is a sign that they're not overly interested? I would say so. I mean, it's... Okay. So you're saying that you, you would make the time even though it's limited. You'd find other things to shuffle around. I would, yes. Yes. And I would do other things to make them feel as if they're... As if I'm thinking about them. You know, I would text them or let them know that they were in my thoughts or ask them about their day. I mean, things that you would do with someone that you cared about. <laughs> I love how like honest you're being right now. And like, I love that you're digging deep because and, and I know that I ask a lot of questions. So I appreciate that. So I wanted to ask... So for guys who are yeah. dating single moms, 
or even just dating you, like who are going <laughs> on dates with you. Are you like, are you more comfortable ha- having sex earlier on? Are you looking to get serious? And if you are, do you vocalize that? Like, how do, how do you date right now? Yeah, I'd say my dating has changed a lot over the last year. Am I comfortable having sex early on? It's, it just, it really depends on the guy. If it's someone I feel safe with, if it's someone I feel comfortable with, if it's someone I feel like there's a connection there, I'm not out to have sex on the first date. I'm not out there to find, you know, the next guy I'm going to marry. I take it one date at a, at right. a time, one day at a time. So I, I really just kind of embrace the idea of having fun with it. And I try to be a good communicator so that if feelings start developing, you know, I let that individual know. Or if, you know, he voices that to me, we can talk about it so that you kind of stay on the same page in real time so that you're not six months down the road and, you know, it's obvious one person feels one way and the other doesn't. And then you've kind of just wasted all of this time. Right. And there's some hard feelings involved in it too. I won't going back to, you know, the whole being a single mom thing and how guys react to it. The guys who in theory said they were okay with it and then sort of changed their mind. When I I was dating one guy for a period of time and then when a significant period of time had gone by, I had mentioned doing something with my daughter. And he was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. And we had talked about my daughter and, you know, my daughter is a handful. She's She's very active. She's independent. And so I, you know, was always telling stories about her. I don't know if that's what turned him off or what happened, but as right. as we approached this date that we were going to go on with my daughter, uh, he kept coming up with excuses, and so it was it wasn't really in character for him. And you know, at first I just kind of thought maybe there was something going on with him, but then every other time I would propose doing something with my daughter, there was always an excuse or a last minute cancellation. After that started happening, I, I kind of made it a promise to myself to not really bring my daughter into the situation at all unless there was a commitment there and I knew this person was going to be in my life for a while. But it's also, you know, it's I think it's asking, again, it's asking a lot for a man who does not have children to all of a sudden be okay with being an adult with a child there who requires your attention and your care 24-7. Yeah, it makes it, it yeah. makes it more serious <laughs> it a lot faster. I yeah, think, for sure. It definitely it, it does. And then that, exactly what you were talking about before, it makes you qu- quickly evaluate whether or not this is something you want to be a part of. And it may not be the child thing. It may right. be having to evaluate: Do I like of this course. girl enough to to do this? And and in other relationships, you get more, you get more time before you have to make those more serious decisions. So I think that that is what happens later in life. That. Sometimes the decisions get made faster. That's a good thing and a bad thing sometimes, but most often it's a good thing. What are three wonderful things that men have done throughout this dating process for you? Like that have surprised you, like either a way that they've communicated something, something that helped you make you feel safe and maybe they said something. I'd love to just hear like three good things that guys have done. That have made that you're still attracted to, not just like nice things that guys do. Yeah. Well, I think one of them is acknowledging and being okay with my intelligence. So I'm not by any means the brightest highlighter in the pack, but I'm I'm smart. And no, I will say this too. You going back and forth on text messages with guys a lot, right? All these men say they they want a witty woman. They want someone who's witty. 
But I think what the majority of the men are saying is that they want someone who's flirtatious because I have been on dates. I mean, wit is sort of this clever expression of ideas that's usually put forth in, you know, sort of a funny or sarcastic way. And I get wit. I like it. I think it's funny because I understand it. But then what I noticed was that when I did, in fact, say something witty, I would kind of get these blank stares back a lot of times. And I don't know if it was because they, they just didn't understand what I, the joke or what I was trying to get across, but it wasn't what they were after. They wanted someone to banter with them, mostly around sort of sexual... Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, but when I would say something that... Something along the lines of anything that would make me look a little bit brighter than your average bear... I would kind of brace for impact to see what would happen. Would I get this sort of <laughs> quiet stare or would they, you know, sort of accept the comment? Would they engage with it? Would they respond? What would happen? And the guys who I've had a couple of guys say, wow, you're really smart. And I really appreciate that. And they would, if they, if it was something they didn't necessarily understand, they would ask me questions about it. And that is a big turn on. And it also makes me feel really safe to be able to be myself. Right. I don't, I don't ever want to feel, yeah, that I have to sort of dumb myself down. I love that. When I'm around people, I just want to be able to talk and be me freely. And if you think I'm smart, great. If you don't, that's fine too. But I also, you should just be able to accept the fact that I speak a certain way. And if you don't like it, then you should say something (laughs) because this is how I am. Right. Is there anything that some, like maybe somebody you weren't interested in that, Something they did that we were like, oh, okay, this guy's guy's kind of interesting. Yeah, but usually I let the guys start talking. And then when the time would come for me to sort of give my pitch, you know, obviously I'd bring up the coaching stuff (laughs) and, you know, they would say, well, can you tell me more about it? So I get into it. And from a personal standpoint, I have sort of a, a decent spirituality practice. I don't really know how else to describe it. So I talk about those ideas a lot too. And um, a lot of guys, it would put them off right away because they either weren't comfortable with the idea or they just didn't understand. You know, I had one guy look me straight in the eye and say, there's no way that you're ever going to make money doing that. Nobody cares. Other guys just kind of blank stare and change the subject. But the guys who would say, oh, I don't really know anything about that, but I'd love to learn and would let me sort of talk about it and not be judgmental about it, that was another thing that made me feel safe. Would it make you feel attracted to them or would it just make you feel safe with them? Well, if they were interested in the ideas, then yeah, I would be attracted to them too because those are the kinds of people I want to be around. Again, people who are like-minded and interested in the same things that I'm interested in. It's something I'm super passionate about too. And I think that comes across when I talk to people. So you know, if you're going to sort of rain on my parade, then that's not really attractive at all. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. Sometimes swing the other way too. Uh, This happened to me a lot where I would tell them what I did about the coaching. They'd ask more questions. So I'd tell them more. And then it would kind of turn into more of a coaching session for them. Then it would turn into a date. And uh, I've had a lot of guys text me afterwards and say, you've changed my life. And in my, you know, I had a friend who would look at my text messages and say, geez, are you that good in bed? <laughs> and I was like, no, they, all I did was talk to them, but I sort of expanded their mind with some ideas and it was things that they didn't think about before they talked to me. And so apparently I changed their life. But those are people that we never, I know, I never got past the first date with. So I think a lot of guys are just, are looking for to be heard just like women are and 
sometimes I feel as though when I open up and am that person that it sometimes gets taken advantage of. And I, I can totally relate to that. So I completely understand. Um, okay. I want to end, I want to end, I want to end the show here because you have shared so much with us. I could tell, I could tell you were really thinking and that's so like, there's other people who just sort of spit out answers on our podcast and yeah. maybe sometimes even say what they think people want to hear. But I, I really appreciate that you actually were giving careful consideration to what you were saying and not trying to protect people. You were really just saying the honest truth. So that is very valuable to me and to the people who are listening to the show. So thank you so much for, for coming onto the show. Where can people get a copy of your book and find out more about you? Sure. You can find everything, my book and all about my coaching and my podcast. Just go to my site. It's Danny, D-A-N-N-I-E, DeNovo.com. And same name on Instagram and Danny DeNovo Official on Facebook. You were wonderful. So I really appreciate you coming on to the show. And I'm sorry that Kristen wasn't here because I think she would actually really benefit from some of the things that you, you've shared with us today. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Then they go live on YouTube the following day at some time, whenever I choose to post it. But usually <laughs> it's in the morning. But you can go to youtube.com slash You can also see about 400 other videos on there that give exact instruction, guidance, advice on things related to women and the skills you need to attract, date, and seduce women. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. 